0: Bienvenidos! Bienvenidos. Pew, 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 pew. This is the Radio Aluna Teatro podcast. Or in English, Radio Aluna Theater. Whatever language you're ch- digging right now.
1: This episode, we are merendeando with your host, Monica Alejandra Garrido Huerta. And Camila de Marela.
0: It's us. It's us.
1: And this is how it works. So, Radio Aluna Teatro works like this we will present a full-length stage play adapted for the radio in episodes.
0: And then after we finish listening to the entire play, Monica and I will host a Merendiendo episode like this, where we'll talk about topics that the play inspires with community members,
1: or artists involved in a play, or whatever your heart or my heart or our heart collective yeah,
0: nuestros corazones. En mi corazón, en
1: tu corazón. En tu corazón. Yo tengo yes. que entender.
0: Alright, yeah, so it's really important that we make this point. The plays that you listen to, you can listen to them in the English version or the Spanish version. It's really amazing because we actually did record the play mm-hmm. in two different languages.
1: It's really great. Lucky for you, merendiendo is in Spanglish. Spanglish! So you were like, oh, I wish I would combine the English version with the Spanish version. We got you.
0: Yeah, we got you. So Spanglish, for those of you who don't know, is a mix of Spanish and English and also slang and also lots of other words. And uh, that's just like what we naturally speak a lot when we live in Toronto, where this podcast is based and where we are recording right now. Uh, yeah, we're first generation, second generation, and this is our language, bro. Yeah. Eso. So, if you ever don't don't understand something that we have said in this episode, if it's in English or Spanish or Spanglish, just shoot us a message on our social media or on the comments section of this podcast, and we will do our best to answer you. Because we want you to understand.
1: We want you to know fully what we're saying in English and Spanish and in Spanglish. See. Sí. So just sit tight and get to this right with us in both languages combined in one, while also having a little a little snack, a little meriendita. Sí. And this week, it's um, an amazing week because we have the one and only Augusto Viter.
0: Augusto! He actually voiced the title character of Leo in the play we all just heard together called Leo.
1: And if you're like, I can't get enough of Augusto, lucky for you, he has an upcoming show called Chicho running March 7 to 24 at Theater Pass Murai they ha- and they have a lot of options to watch a so show if mm-hmm. you are like oh i don't really like going to a theater because i get really stressed to be in the dark for an hour and 30 I minutes i totally get that don't you worry they have relaxed performances they mm-hmm. have audio described performances mm-hmm. they have q a's one day if you're like i really want to ask augusto how did he came up with
0: this or that? They mm-hmm. have it all. Yeah, and they have deals with Arepa Cafe and Tequila Bookworm, which are both food places around the area. So you have like your whole evening set out for you. You get snacks and a show. Like obviously that's our favorite thing. This is literally,
1: you can do the podcast live after you see Chicho. <laughs> that's it. You go see Chicho and then you go have a meriendita. it's
0: perfect. So if you want to subscribe to the podcast, which means you will get our episodes in your inbox or in your devices, right when they come out, or at least you'll be alerted when they come out, so you can like stay up to date with all the magic that's going to be happening.
1: Así como el pan fresco. Si oh. usted quiere pan fresco, suscríbase a nuestras diferentes plataformas como
0: iTunes. iTunes, Google Play, Aluna Theater's website, so just subscribe on all of those platforms where we are, and you will get new episodes, and it'll be magic. Al
1: instante que usted nos desea, ahí estaremos. Nada búsquenos en todas nuestras a sociales sí. y nos encontrará.
0: Yes, we're also on all the social medias, so just like be in touch, you know, get on our level. You know what? Let's start.
1: Let's just start. So let's start. Before before you you continue this episode, make yourself a favor and go and get un snack, Ooh. un dulcecito, un yeah.
0: panecito, algo. Yeah, algo algo delicioso. Uh, or a glass of water, you know, because hydration is really important and you deserve it. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Hey. Hello, welcome. Bienvenidos a Merendeando con Camila and
0: Monica. Y Monica. Yes. <laughs> we're mixing it up with the languages. Mm-hmm. You know Spanglish in the
2: house?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a really special person with us right now. He's smiling silently. It's Augusto Viter. We love Augusto Viter.
2: I love y'all. <gasps> Thanks.
1: Thank you. When you just heard, if you were like, I know that, voice. I know that name. It's because you just heard Leo by Rosa Laborde, where Augusto played
2: Leo. Leo. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Do you recognize that? Mm-hmm. Those sultry tones?
2: Yes. <laughs> I'm a 17-year-old from Chile.
0: Yeah, and you get to be 20, right, eventually?
2: I don't, I think so, I think sort of, but it's okay. very ambiguous, and righty. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful play.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It was so much fun to listen to in Spanish and in English.
2: Oh, yay. Yeah. I can't sure. wait to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. It's really nice.
0: beautiful. So, let's tell you a little bit about Leo. So Leo has been produced at Tarragon Theatre at Neptune Theatre, Firehall Theater, Belfry Theatre, Great Canadian Theatre Company, and it was a finalist for the Dora Maver Moore Award and the Governor General's Literary Award for Drama in two thousand eight. Woo! Ooh. It is very Ooh. decorated. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you wanna read the description? I'm just
1: gonna read it. It has so many words in English, so I will want you to do the honors. Okay. You got <laughs> it. You got <laughs> I'm it. Like,
0: yeah. I believe in you, but I can do it. Okay. Set in Santiago, Chile, Leo is a one-act play from the perspective of a 20-year-old pleasure-centered man who has become a desaparecido, or a disappeared, after the democratically elected Chilean government is overthrown with the assassination of the president, Salvador Allende, in the military coup d'etat of 1973, which I'm sure lots of people are familiar with. Uh, Leo takes us on a journey through childhood, first friends, first loves, and an abruptly ended adolescence. You all know that because you listen to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Oh, well, you read it. Yeah. Okay, so Augusto. We should read Augusto's bio. Okay. You do it.
1: Augusto Viter is a performer, writer, and educator born in Venezuela, now based in Toronto. He's a resident artist at Theater Pass Moray and Hub 14. He has trained with Manifesto Poético at, in Paris. Oh, <laughs> Paris. <laughs> Everybody. you say this one because i am oh no teatro
2: delle radici
1: and also you did the canada's national voice intensive oh mm-hmm. that sounds really intense it's a
2: great <laughs> name to put on a resume <laughs> yeah <laughs> it sounds the very and it was great training basically. and
1: augusto okay. is part of a Luna theater's interpretation lab and family too mm-hmm. and an educator with soul pepper and story planet mm-hmm and if you want to find more about Augusto, you can go to com. Oh, so famous. Uh,
2: professional. So famous.
0: Good for you for having a website, you know? Thank you. You got to do that.
2: Someone was like, um, if he wants, if he, a producer once was like, if he wants to be found easily as an actor, he needs to get a website now. And I was like, Sousy. okay. We're
1: going to okay. interrupt this podcast because <laughs> me and Camila are
2: not
1: <laughs> do we're one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry for the interruption. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah,
0: okay. No? So that's really cute. That's all really important for us to contextualize conversation we're about to have. But we should also tell them what we're looking at right now. What's happening here?
2: Arepas. Yeah,
0: arepas. Yeah. Homemade arepas.
2: Homemade arepas. arepas. Very important.
0: Yes. Um, I'm this morning. I one. Yeah, that's her biting it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this morning, me and my roommate and friend, Jimena Huisi, who is also Venezuelana, she and I made arepas. Mm-hmm. And they're here, and we're going to eat them. And I am really hungry. Gracias, and we also Jimena. have beer. So let's cheers. Yay. Salud. 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 Ice, salud. Ice, 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 ice. El que no apoya, no, no follan. Follan. Oh, my God. You always want to
1: apoyar. you know. What's follar? Nothing.
2: What? Follar?
1: Follar. You don't
2: know Like... Okay. Oh, boom, like boom boom come on guys yeah. is that is that it's kosher? perfectly fine oh great <laughs> I'm gonna eat <laughs> yeah you should eat this
0: at I'm gonna eat this arepa <laughs> cool we're gonna eat and then we're gonna talk mm. well, while you eat I wanna
1: first I wanna ask like how mm. was it to do the same play in English and Spanish mm. Oh, so wow. that for me is, like, really, I think you, in a way, rewire your brain, but the emotion needs to stay the same. But does it? I don't know.
2: No, the emotion didn't stay the same. That's where my phone is. Um, oh. um, It's interesting. It's something that I've uh, thought a lot with with all the training and the... Not, uh, training, yeah, but more experimentation than anything with that Bea and Trevor have been leading with the interpretation lab and mm-hmm. the translation mm-hmm. workshop that they've been doing for four or five years yeah. I mean and beyond their whole careers are kind of always an interest in that um, but I've just found it so interesting how I have different emotional pathways in English than I do in Spanish so there are different emotions that I'm able to play per se or mm-hmm. different emotions that come up more naturally in Spanish than in English mm-hmm. and I can't really name one off the top of my head right now but there are um, yeah there are certain things that work better depending on the language, for me, emotionally, like, emotional logic.
0: Yeah. And Um, your your first language is Spanish?
2: Yeah, but it, yes. I always say that my first language is Spanglish.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, because
2: I, I was born in Venezuela, but then when I was, like, two, I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. No way! And Albany, New York. Oh, my God! (laughs) Yeah, so I lived in the U.S. for two and a half years, and then moved back to Venezuela when I was, like, three and had a severe case of Spanglish, like, severe like, I remember there was always this joke going around that I would talk to my cousin, who was beautiful, and I remember, this is me, like, baby queer, um, <laughs> admiring the older women in my family. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, and she had beautiful, long, dark hair. And I remember that, and I was obsessed with witches, for, also baby queer, for some reason, <laughs> when I was a kid. Right. Um, uh. And I remember that I was trying to tell her that her hair was black, or dark, or long, like a witch's. And I was like... Do hair es como black, como una witch. Oh, my God. Like, it was full, like, oh. complicated Spanglish, and then it kind of weeded itself out. And then I lived in Venezuela then for uh, seven, eight years or something. And then oh, okay, and then moved to Fort McMurray. So we lived in Fort McMurray, Alberta for four years. Did
0: someone work in your family work in Fort McMurray?
2: Yeah, both my parents. I mean, Venezuela started going down in 2004, and then not nearly as bad as what it is now absolutely oh. but uh, we had to leave and we left and they both luckily thankfully uh, had jobs in oil and gas because mm-hmm. that's what every Venezuelan works in apparently Um, and then we moved to Calgary four years after that and then I moved here to Trana.
0: well Toronto
2: yeah but they're still there they're still in Calgary shout out to Mummy Puppy mm,
0: Calgary Hello. Alberta Mhm. well Fort McMurray like I was in Edmonton last year mm-hmm. and I was talking to my taxi driver from the airport to town mm-hmm. and I was like, there's signs for Fort McMurray like on the way. And I was like, have you ever been there? And he's like, no, no, no. People only go there if they have to. Yeah. Why? Why? Oh. Um, why? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've never
2: been to It's very, weird. you know what? I have a lot of like it. weird amount of love for that town. I'm so curious. Because yeah. I was 10 when I moved there it's it like
1: really sober, like really it's
2: really it's small it's not they call it a city but i was like i'm coming from caracas this is not a city it's like <laughs> right. let's be real it's minus 40 in the winter and plus 40 in the summer like yeah. it's both extremes but i just it was kind of it's very suburban so we lived in the suburbs and it was just kind of like, coming from Caracas, like, you're coming to this town that's, like, super quiet, which is an adjustment, but also super safe.
0: Yeah. Mm. Like,
2: it was just such a safe, nice place to grow up, where I, it was idyllic. Like, I would ride my bike around the neighborhood in the summer and, like, just explore. Not worry. Like, yeah, and end up in a ravine, and then, like, whatever, like... Yes, it, yeah. Yeah, and it was, you know, our first real winter, which was rough. Oh, my but God. We had winter in, like, o- Tulsa, Oklahoma, Blah, Blah, Albany, mm-hmm. but not this kind of mm-hmm. northern yeah, Canadian... <laughs> Winter, Especially yeah, and we moved in December.
0: Oh my God, Classic. <laughs> we moved from Classic. yeah,
2: so oh but yeah, a soft spot in my heart. But I would never live there again. And there's no real work for me, right? Well, and it's very expensive, right? Very expensive town,
0: yeah, because it's also like all from what I understand, it's all geared around the oil, the tar sands that are there. Yeah, so it's some of the biggest tar sands in. North America? Tarzan. See, tar-sans, yeah. Like, the man who lives in the jungle? <laughs> what
2: is That's the really tar- good. I've never the, made that connection. Oh, my God. But, uh, no, tar the
1: There's a bunch of men no.
2: <laughs> Like, in Canada, there's no liquid oil. It's all stuck up there in sand.
0: Bitches. What? Yeah, so so they... it's like
2: black sand that they need to blast the oil off of it.
0: And it's such a process, and it's really, really, Terrible. really, really... <laughs> Really hard on the environment, aka Let's kills it. Put it, it that honestly. way. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's like, really harsh. Harsh. But Super. that's also
2: why they Im- imported slash poached a bunch of Venezuelans because they were like, you know, <laughs> petroleum better than anyone because you handle it pure,
0: yeah. mm. and we
2: don't know what we're doing. I know. So come here.
0: I've, he- I've heard then, a quote from the guy who who invented um, like tar sand, kind of like that whole system of getting oil, and he's like, if I had known what would become of this, I would have never, I would have never, oh my said, goodness, I would never have. Like that's so sad
2: yeah I feel like someone would say that about like mustard gas or something Like exactly you know, well they like, do
1: that's it I yeah. mean it's mustard gas for the earth I <laughs> well, you get uh, you folks are saying so many things and I'm just like yeah <laughs> Sure. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a man in the jungle and something about mustard gas. No pipelines. No, pipelines. no pipelines anyway, anyway. Pipelines. moving anyway. on. I want to ask because you have lived in many now that we know many different <laughs> things and there's a line on the, on the play that we both really like about how they make when they're kids they make this promise to bury is it a secret? Is mm, there mm-hmm. oh, no. yeah. is there a, is there a secret that, that you have buried anywhere in the world? Now that we know you live in many places, or something that you're like, there's a secret that'll stay.
2: Say all your secrets so still. Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> or something like that. You did when you were a kid.
2: I don't know. The first thing I thought of. Hey, this is really a really secret, and I didn't really bury it. And it's just a story I love to tell. But um, I'm using the same action of leaving something and then never looking at it again, or something. Mm. Last day before I moved to Canada, I went with my godparents to this fair, and of course, because it's Latin America, in this fair you could play these games. And you could what you won was either a paper bag full of candy, a paper bag with some grain and a baby chick in it.
0: Oh my god, a classic! Or
2: a shoebox with some grain and a bunny in it.
0: Oh my god, so those are the
2: prizes, and I ended up winning a paper bag full of candy. And then my godparent's other godchild, who I didn't know, was the first time I was meeting him, he was like, oh, I got this stupid chick. Do you want to trade? And I was like, absolutely. I don't (laughs) want candy. I want a chick. So I took this chick home. And they were like, are you crazy? (laughs) We're leaving tomorrow. (laughs) So I took care of this chick. And I called him Apocalypto. Mm. Because it was like end of the world one day. Oh, how old were you? I was 10.
0: Um,
2: And I took care of it. And it was shivering. And then we were like, what are we going to do with it? And this random lady, I don't even know. I think she does exist. I don't think she was a figment of my (laughs) my imagination. She was helping us move. And she was like, I've taken care of many chickens. (laughs) I'll take care of this. So then I left Caracas the next morning. And I left this chick in a shoebox on my front steps. And I remember driving away and saying bye to this chick.
0: And I
2: do not know whatever happened to this. But it was like me leaving my pet, the only pet I've ever Aww. had for, one for a day. day.
0: Yeah, Man, you were desperate.
2: Yeah, so not really, <laughs> a, not really as poetic as Rosa put it, but...
1: No, it's great. It's there. Coming back to, to Leo, I love in the beginning when they're singing happy birthday, mm-hmm. and then they take a moment to say Leo's full name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and we were talking about how most of our names are like... Oh, yeah. Super long, but then we have nicknames that are the shortest thing in the world. <laughs> they were like, we took so long to name you... They give you these four different names, but don't worry. We'll never use them. No. <laughs> what is your full name?
2: Augusto Jose Viter Hurtado Woo!
1: And your nickname?
2: Chicho. See?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or my dad's a freak. <laughs> it was Chicho or Brucho, Or uh, he also had a good one, Furundunforo.
0: I love that. Which makes no sense. I love it.
2: Yeah. But see, he would also play, because with my sisters, he would call them like, brucha sometimes, or furundumfara. Oh
0: my God. Which what? was less,
2: that was less common. Can you just
0: slowly go through that again?
2: Furundumfara or furundumforo? Oh, what? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But mine were the most met up. Like, for, for my sisters, he has like more reasonable. Mm. Why
1: chicho.
0: Just...
2: White chicho, why he chose chicho as a yeah. name? That I have no clue. What is I it? I honestly don't, it doesn't. Chichito. Chicho doesn't, I don't know, I I, I was in a, an airport in Italy, and this mom was like, Chicho, veni qua! Like, she was calling her, <laughs> she was calling her son back, and I know that, like, in Italian, it's like C-I-C-C-I-O, right. it's like, Chicho. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, okay,
2: that's a clue. But I also know, like, I've looked up, <laughs> I've Googled it, but I also know that, like, in Peru, there's some sort of name, there's, like, restaurants named Chicho, like, oh. there's, yeah, um... I don't know. I don't know if what it means per se. I don't. I'm sure he didn't necessarily make it up, but as far as I'm aware, it didn't have any sort of yeah significance per se. Also,
1: like now it has a lot of significance because that's the name of your show. Yeah, exactly. so now it took a now hole. it took a home.
2: Now people call like you. You call me Chicho. Yeah, oh. and I love Sometimes, it because yeah. I'm like that's also me. Oh, like, that's cute. yeah, no, but Canadian nicknames are also hilarious. Like, very few people I allow them to call me Gus. With some people, it just doesn't work in their mouths, and I'm like, never say or that Al again. Oh,
1: yep yeah. Oh no. Uh, but some people no.
2: do, and some people, some people, when they say it, I'm like, I like it coming out of your mouth. You I mean, know, Gus I'll is, accept
0: it. It could be cute. It could yeah. be terrible, but it could. be But then
2: cute. it expands into gussy. Oh god. Goosey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten a
2: lot of Og or augie. Aug. Og? Like Who's
0: calling you aug?
2: <laughs> Where <laughs> that do that they like, live? I don't know. I gotta go. And and then like, also, um, but then there's also, but then there's also not a nickname, but then there's like the teachers who my grade eight homeroom teacher who called me. Enrique. Every day. <laughs> oh, I, was so... I am not joking. No. Enrique. Every day. And his wife was Colombian. That's the worst part. I don't What's know. What's happening? I don't know. I, th- I think it must have been a joke for him. I don't know. No. And then also, like, I'm just remembering all these things. They're all, like, triggering all these other memories. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Remember it... that thing we said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to feel triggered tonight. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, my phys ed teacher in Fort McMurray, he was amazing. Mr. McDougal. So we actually did have a great relationship, and he was such a great friendship. Uh, but he called me Pedro. And I don't remember what I called him. Okay. But it was just like, and I wasn't offended at the time. Because it was like, John I consented Smith. to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. And it, it became this like term of endearment. But then obviously in hindsight, I'm like, oh. oh. I was the only Latin kid that you were guy, of, Pedro. Mm, maybe not.
1: Talking about uh, the, the relationship on on Leo and this romantic relationship, I have a question. That I think both of you, uh, you and I, Camila and I, share. Mm-hmm. How do you kiss on the radio? Oh, <laughs> did you
2: actually kiss, God, or was it just no. being like? How did it sound? It sounds, sp- really it sounds really real. It sounds really subtle.
0: It sounds like really quiet. Oh yeah. And it's like anything could be happening right now. All I get is a switch. Yeah. Like what's going no, on? No, it's so
2: good. Like can, can I reveal like the bloopers? I don't know if they want. Me. Yeah, no, we had like wish. We had like after what you do after the recording is you do library sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you do all these different um for the viewers out. Th- viewers listeners out there you do a library of like kate let's just get all these takes of you kissing let's get all these takes of you walking up a mountain let's get these takes of you making some sex sounds which we had to do all three of those that i just mentioned um (laughs) so we're just and thankfully we were the play also revolves around this shape of the symbol of this triangle Mm -hmm. um and we did the reading the whole play both times in a triangle looking at each other so we could act with each other but i
0: swear i could like feel that Yeah? Yeah, I swear. Oh, that's
2: nice. It did actually really help in the acting-wise that we could, like, say it to each other Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, It was a lot of angling and maneuvering for the sound. Yeah. Uh, But with kissing, we would kiss our fist. We would kiss, like, our... our in between the thumb and the index finger, that little, like, maveli. Like
1: when you practice when you're younger? Yeah, like when you practice practice and you're, like,
2: making out with your hand. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what we did. Wow, Um, so you just, like, got
0: sensual with your hand. Yeah, and we
2: were like, let's do one, like, a long, a shorter one. Uh, A longer one. And then sometimes we had to like make out. So it was like. (laughs) (laughs) While
1: staring at each other? No.
2: (laughs) No. I wouldn't be. It was also so hot. Like the studio. It was July. And we had AC going. But we had to turn the AC off. Because of the sound. Yeah, And then this. Where we are right now. Like it's turned into a studio. But it was even more enclosed. And more wrapped up. Yeah, So it was so hot. So we were sweating. And then we had to do pretend sex sounds. And like. Carlos and Arlen are both beautiful yeah. people and i love them both just as people and as colleagues so i was like oh i'm like this i don't need to do that much <laughs> acting right now yeah it's hot in here yeah but yeah i was sweating oh, i was sweating That's hilarious. yeah yeah <laughs> so that is how you kiss on the radio
0: i wonder like doing the play in english and spanish like saying you love someone or mm. like you know interacting mm-hmm. with someone in spanish and in english but like with the same words it's just so different
2: it is. right it's just it so is. much yeah. Yeah, like it's funny, like with that with that white Canadian partner, I'd be like te quiero mucho or something, oh, yeah. and it became this thing that it was like this cute thing, but it was a cute thing that it, he was like te quiero, yeah. the but then I was like, oh, but it's become a cute thing. and You're actually not using the meaning of te oh, quiero yeah. mucho, like yeah. I love you. Like
1: <laughs> he's like te quiero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're like you know <laughs> close,
2: cool. but yeah, there is a difference, and mm-hmm. it's nice.
1: I want to ask about Chicho now. Hey. When did Chicho like? When did Chicho started? When was? But not for me. It's like when did you start performing? Like when the idea like you were in your band, you were like Chicho time. Like when <laughs> did it came to you? Uh,
2: when I first started writing it, I started writing it um, when I was still at U of T, hmm. and I was in a playwriting class with Guillermo Guillermo Eso. Um, uh who's brilliant, uh, a Canadian theater icon. Um, but it, it, the play at the time was not a one man show but then actually as I started like it became clear to me that this was an opportunity to it, it was always clear that I was going to play Chicho mm-hmm. that it was for me that mm-hmm. I was writing for myself as a performer and I was like okay so I might as well write to for my strengths as a performer mm-hmm. and the first Canadian plays that I read which was I think like the first plays I read mm-hmm. maybe I don't know Shakespeare or some shit in high school but whatever um the first canadian plays that i read thanks to my drama teacher miss g caitlin she introduced me to Dana mciver and Dana mciver also a canadian theater icon is known for his solos his one-man yeah. shows and i watched a couple of them when i was young and in high school i came to calgary oh. <laughs> and um i i just loved the challenge of for a performer mm mm-hmm. To keep an audience's attention for 80 or 90 minutes. Yeah. Like how many different things can you do to keep them engaged? Right. I just love that challenge from the get-go. Um, uh, and I love the ability to see someone totally transform into different things. That felt like the most theatrical thing I could do. I'm really, with the play, I'm really interested in making it. I'm really interested in making this play that can be nothing. Any It can be nothing else but a play. It can't be a novel. It can't be a movie. It has to be done, yeah, performed live. Totally, yeah. And that's what I think the best theater is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's the theater that's meant to be theater. It's meant to be performed live. So those were all the same kind of questions, and it evolved thematically into many different things. But, um, And then it really became a solo show under Janet Sears, who was my second playwriting teacher. She's also so Canadian wonderful. theater icon and incredibly beautiful person. Um, and mentor during that time who just told me to, like, make it. And Jiv and Andy McKim at Theatre Press Mariah who supported me and sat down with me and was like, let's talk about it. What do you want to do? And it started to take shape from there. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's a big thing. Yeah. How much
1: has it changed since you started? Like, not since you started the one in school, when you started
2: doing previews and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I guess, like, since I first performed it, like, Mm -hmm. at... uh, well, I did. I keep I keep thinking that Caminos was the first time I performed it, but it was actually Theater Pastime has a series called Crap Had Has. A series mm-hmm. called Crapshoot. Oh yeah. And it's uh it used to be now it's run by different people, so every time it's a different style, so it's cool. But um, when I did it, it was under Brian Postillion, and it was uh ten minute excerpts of new work. So I did a ten minute, and I was selected by the adjudicators to do a twenty minute in the next one three months later. And then after Crapshoot, <laughs> I did uh, Caminos. Mm -hmm. Uh, shout out to Aluna and then from there we did a buzz presentation buzz workshop a year ago now Theatre Press Mariah because I've been in residence there for two years and developing this Mm -hmm. and we had a week in the space and two performances to test out the whole thing with lights and sound and I wanted to make it like as the piece doesn't work in my opinion if it's not fully done like Mm -hmm. it can't just be a reading Mm -hmm. of the show Mm -hmm. because the tech and sound the light and sound is such a specific part of the storytelling, mm-hmm. um, so I needed to do that. So that it just be it just further clarified how the tech and sound in terms of your question of how it's developed, how it's mm-hmm. changed. It further clarified what how they're a character almost in the play. Um, yeah, and then this time around, it's really just uh, now the o- some order of things have changed after we did those two buzz workshops um, presentations, um, and more than anything, like the piece is about this queer coming-of-age identity crisis compared to the socioeconomic crisis in Venezuela. So mm. in the past okay. year and in the past month, the things that have changed, like, I've had to do rewrites every single day. I've had to... Because I'm trying to make it as live as possible, which yeah, makes yeah. it the issue... Like, we're kind of being aware that I might need to do little rewrites through the run.
1: Until you open.
2: As long as I get my cues. No, like, even yeah. after I open. Like, yeah. if I say oh, something yeah. that is now inaccurate... Yeah. I have to change it so and hopefully hopefully we're gonna try to I'm gonna t- I'm gonna try to make it as the writer into like this is an area that I can update mm-hmm. if need be this I can say and it won't change depending on if something else changes yeah totally but kind of open with for that improv mm-hmm. kind of thing that's part way bigger part of the show now than it I ever pictured it
0: Right? Did you mean like the real real time news updates?
2: No, they're like uh, Chichi, who's one of the characters in it. Uh, he's uh, he's a character, but he's also kind of a vehicle to remind the audience to be like, yeah, there's Chicho's story, but also like what's happening in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Um, and on like there's a a sort of a skeleton or a structure about like this is what happens in this scene, but his interaction with the audience and the questions that he asks them and how he plays with them is. I have a guide for myself, but it's very much so in the moment and okay. what happens and and he's very sexy, so it's kind of like whatever you give me, I'll I'll give it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nice. Always sexy sensual. How goes beat.
2: Base. Yeah, exactly. I'm so
1: excited yeah. to see Chicho. Yeah, me too. Thank
0: you. Me too. Me it's, too. Really, it's exciting to have like a Venezuelan actor talking about venezuela yes in a theater piece right now like i'm really excited for people to see that and it's
2: interesting you know even when we did it a year ago like there's a bit in the show where i'm like what do you know about venezuela and people really didn't know anything pretty much but now it's interesting that even if i say, what do you know about venezuela they're all going to be like dictatorship yeah they're gonna they're gonna know all these like buzzy newsworthy Mm -hmm. words and i'm like no tell me something else that you know about it like what else do you know about it do you know this do you know that like So it's still interesting and it it forces me to check my own privilege because, I don't know, it's such a complicated thing, crisis politically, economically, socially, that uh, I'm also trying to expose my own helplessness Mm -hmm. being in North America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But in a way, for me, that reminds me a lot of, like, Leo. Mm -hmm. Because Leo talks about what happened in Chile. Mm -hmm. So, because I remember, like, doing workshops with Alunas when I also learn also what's the name carmen aguirre
2: Carmen aguirre. a, a refugee hotel
1: yeah mm-hmm. like through stories is how i have learned other like the history of latin america
2: mm-hmm, that's true and, like, i didn't know anything about chile until refugee mm-hmm. hotel and leo well
1: yeah anything yeah. well yeah yeah that for me is like i think that's why chicho is important like mm-hmm. really important because it's like it's on us to put the history of our, of the places where we come from to tell the stories Mm because nobody is doing it. So that for me is like, that's what I'm like so excited about Chicho because I think people don't know and it's, it's, it's a way to not be like this is what happened. It's like let me tell you a story. Sit down, let's be calm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you a story. You will laugh. You will cry. You will feel a lot of emotions, yeah. but we're all gonna go together in this journey. Yeah, and that's the best way. That's how I. I yeah. That's what I love all this type of stories because that's how I learn most of the, the history I loved in America, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and how I agree. we're
1: not that like how everything ripples in, like the same in the Americas. Let's yeah. say,
0: so
2: very similar stories.
0: Well. But just South America or, like, at least Spanish colonized America is a special breed, too, I think. It is a special we're breed. We're just so dramatic. So <laughs> tr- <laughs> like, every revolution, we're like, wah! And it's yeah. sick. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of things, yeah. but. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then I, uh, what I'm discovering now in Chicho this time is that because the play has developed over three years, but also because it's me, sort of, because it's semi autobiographical like, I have developed and changed over three yeah. years. Yeah. So there's certain things that, one, I'm like, mm, I'm kind of over this, <laughs> personally, but I'm also like, mm, there might be a kid looking at this who is not over this and needs to hear this, and that's mm-hmm. more important than what I need, one. Two, um, there are all these things that I'm talking about, like race and religion and whatever in the, in the shows that, in these themes that I, I never had to think about indigeneity in my life, and the only reason we're people of color, the only reason we're yeah. Latinx is because we have afro-indigenous blood mm-hmm. in us mm-hmm. and it's only over the past two years that i have truly connected to that and tried to embrace that and then how it's changed this piece and added a whole other layer of privilege and added a whole other layer of what makes a latin american story and even yeah. the title latin american <laughs> um oh my God,
0: latin is literally a dead language yeah <laughs> latin? but anyway. it's just
2: so exciting because i think that's that's our moment mm-hmm. as artists mm-hmm. right now that's our generation we needed we needed the Carmen Aguirre and the Rosa Ward oh, and the Bea Pisa. We right. needed the stories of Latin America mm-hmm. for us to access that and then go deeper
0: mm-hmm.
2: into the history of it.
0: Well, yeah, well, because, I don't know, we're all learning stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, we're just, like, continuing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, Bea told me once, she was like, I opened a door. Mm-hmm. I did my job. Now it's your turn.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for when we're all, like, 50, 60, and we're like, mm-hmm. what are the kids doing? And like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I hope everyone. I'm
2: as supportive as yeah. some adults have been with me. me and too. As nicer than other adults have been with me. Like yes. Adults.
0: Adults. <laughs> how old are you in Chicho? How old are how old are the characters?
2: Uh great question. This is not a question I've ever really been able to answer, but Chicho he's a he describes himself as a man boy. Yeah. Not really a man yet, but also still kind of a boy. But I always imagine him kind of like twenty twenty one. Uh-huh. Which is when I sort of started seeing this play. Okay. She's kind of still like an angry kid. Um, but really wants to be a man and grow some facial hair. Uh, and then all the different connotations of that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but some of the other characters are older, like I imagine. Uh, his best friend's in Avocado, Aguacate. Mm. And, Same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's like older. She's definitely like... Uh, I would say, like, late 30s, maybe Mm. early 40s Latina woman. Ah, like, bless them. mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: So, yeah, there's a female character in it as well, just to clarify. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. Venezuela has such a beautiful history. And just what you said about not ever even having to think about indigeneity. like. Just mm-hmm. across the Americas, that's just such a thing. Like, yeah. so many people are like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it's 25 a... years into their lives.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. you're like, well, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, even when you look at, like, rhetoric of the, the Venezuelan government or the nation, or the, there is talk about indigenous people. There is policies. There is, they're vis- at least in Venezuela, they're they quite are? visible. Yeah, they're quite visible. And there there's education about it. And they're part of the culture. But I was aware that I didn't belong to that. I, even though I might have had that blood in do you know what I mean so I, yeah. it was still because I had white blood because I was mestizo and mestizo I was not part of that or I was and you know Catholicism is a big part of that
0: yeah
2: and the history of that but yeah it's wild that's a it's whole wild. other podcast it's a bro. whole other podcast I know yeah come to Chicho come, <laughs> come to Chicho
0: why don't you just go live to like a real and hang out with friends
2: yeah enclosed space yeah together
1: for a bit I have Three quick quest- questions for you. Okay. To wrap it up. Okay. What's your fa- favorite dicho from Venezuela or from here, a saying that you, it's always like on your mind or that you
0: enjoy?
2: Oh, uh, my sister brought this up to me, and I've been thinking about it a lot over the past week, and I love it. I don't know if it's just from Venezuela, but it's um, when someone's trying to explain something, you say, No aclares porque oscureces.
1: Oh. And it doesn't translate rude. into
2: English, but, like, it's, like, don't clarify because you're darkening it. You're muddying it. You're making it more complicating it.
0: Right. But
2: in Spanish, it just has a better...
0: I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. No aclares cla- no porque, porque No aclares porque oscureces. Oh. Or there's
2: also... A, 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 my sister also... Again, like, with these, like, puns. Yeah. But, um... My sister sometimes... My sister is just extra. Uh, my older sister. <laughs> shout out. Yeah, a shout out to Maria. <laughs> love you, girl. Um... <laughs> And she would pick up the phone and be like, Háblame cloro que voy lavando. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which I love. Which is like, cloro is close to claro, which is clear. But cloro is also bleach. So you're saying, speak to me in bleach because I'm washing.
1: Cool. Oh, and then what is a question that you always get when you go back home? Like, if you ever go back to Venezuela, is there one that, that your family or to Calgary?
2: I haven't been home to Venezuela in about seven, eight years. My no. passport expired, and that's been a hell to try to get that back. Of that's course. a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we got a lot of, like, it's interesting. and The last time I went back, it was, again, not as bad as it is now. Uh, but I remember going to a friend's house from elementary school and meeting her parents. And then we were eating, and they would look at me, and they would kind of pause, and they'd be like, ¿Estás feliz? Whoa. Like, are you happy? Like, they would genuinely, or like an aunt has asked me this before. Like, genuinely be interested in, just want to make sure that I'm having an okay time. And every time it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like yes, but how, why are you asking me that? Like, it was That's such so a complicated, loaded. loaded question. And it's something, you know, like, estar feliz, feliz, <laughs> feliz <laughs> versus, <laughs> versus ser Philly, so. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a difference in Spanish that doesn't translate into English.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, being happy or... Being, your
2: being
0: or... Or be being having... happy. Ha- happy, happy. happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. moment. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Uh, so that's one.
0: Okay, oh. but like... Wow, yeah. that's like... Yeah, when I go to Mexico, sometimes like my beautiful cousins and stuff, but like some, I've had some conversations where they're like... Just basically in a nutshell, it's like Canada must be a beautiful, joyful place. Mm-hmm. It must be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like... It sometimes is. I know. They take it for granted so much. Like
2: Or they'll be like, ¿Cómo está la nieve? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, what's always. the cold like? Yeah. yeah.
0: But it's something about, like, the veneer of Canada that's, like, socially just, you have mm-hmm. rights, you have space, feminine. Veneer,
2: keyword. Veneer. Yeah. True,
0: true, true. There's lots of stuff. Yeah. But there's also lots of beautiful stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, um. last question.
1: What's your favorite in merienda snack?
2: Ah... <gasps> Oh, <laughs> <gasps> okay. I mean, can it be kind of junk foody? Yeah, no, no, right. No one no, 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 you that?
1: want. The sky's the limit. Snack oh yeah, bro. I'm
2: just gonna I'm just gonna shout out to my favorite like, merienda like uh, uh, chuchería venezolana. Mm-hmm. chuchería in Mexico. I think is Maybe like, ch- it's like
1: chuchería. Ch- it will be like a thing.
2: Yeah, chuchería, but chuchería in um in Venezuela is like you know like Halloween candies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So anyways, uh, it's this uh, Cocosete, my favorite, and it's a wafer cookie, and it's filled with coconut cream in between. Oh, no. And it's so good.
0: Wafer and coconut cream. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: And it's just so nice and... Mm. Oh,
0: my God. Coconut. Shout out
2: to Coco Cocosete. <laughs>
0: Cocosete. Yeah. Okay, we got to find
2: that here. Yeah. I have I just get it. My parents sometimes send me some.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. cool. Well, thank you for a great conversation.
2: Thank you. This is awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. This thank is great you.
2: decompression. Gracias. Gracias.
0: Yes.
2: Gracias por las arepas.
0: Claro, I try. You know, I try to make good arepas for the of Venezuelan Who I'm here. I'm proud. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and please,
1: here is again in a few days with another episode of Merendiando. And for now, just stay with the question. Are you happy? Oh. <laughs> I'm joking. Go, go get some coco.
2: Cete. Coco. Cete. And come to Chicho. Chicho. Uh, Chicho.
0: Chicho. Yeah. It plays March 7th to 24th at Theater Pass Marai. You should totally come. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. As you can tell.
2: Yeah. And for all you Latin listeners, out there, Spanish speaking, use the code Aguacate for a ticket discount.
0: Ooh. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Get it. And you can get your tickets to Chicho at AlunaTheater.ca and follow all the links that say Chicho in huge letters. It's impossible to miss. Si, si usted
1: quiere comprar boletos para Chicho, vaya al sitio de Aluna Theater y ahí tenemos todos los links para conectarlo a esta maravillosa obra.
0: Seguro. That was wonderful. And I'm really excited to have you all join us next week for another amazing conversation
1: with an amazing merendita it'll be a surprise because now it's my turn to bring something because you made the arepas
0: oh yeah you bring food next week yeah so
1: i'll I'll bring something i'll make it real mexican oh my god please or whatever the store makes no i'm joking (laughs) we'll see it'll be a surprise yeah we'll have one more episode and then next after that episode we have
0: by bea pisano we'll start a new play together Woo. That's in two weeks, but next week, tune in for the second episode of Merendiando with
1: Mónica Alejandra Garrido Huerta and Camila Díaz Varela. Nos vemos en la radio. <laughs> no nos vemos, pero Yo sí nos, nos escuchamos. escuchamos.
0: Radio Aluna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theater with support from the Metcalf Foundation, the Laidlaw Foundation, the City of Toronto, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Ontario and Toronto Arts Council, and Playwrights Workshop Montreal's Glasgow Translation Residency in Tadousac. Aluna Theatre is Beatrice Pisano and Trevor Schwellness with Sue Ballant and Naumans. Radio Aluna Theatre is produced by Camila Diazvarela Varela and Monica Garrido. Intro music by Simeon Samba and outro music by Brandon Valdivia. For more information about Aluna Theatre, visit us at alunatheatre.ca or you can follow at Aluna Theatre on Twitter or Instagram and of course like us on Facebook. No matter where you're listening to us on whatever platform, leave us a good review, leave us a comment, let us know you were here. Thanks so much for listening. Hasta pronto!